So today we are discussing Succession, which is back after two long years off. And I think for fans of Succession, they've been waiting for uh, this day. We came to Succession a little late, right, Corinne? I mean, we, we to say the least. Um, I think we know. both watched the finale of season two on the day that season three, episode one aired, which probably will make people hate us because we got to roll right into the answer of what happened after Kendall throws his father under the bus at that press conference and people have had to wait two years. I know. And I thought about that, those poor people, because they've been, they have been waiting. Some people I know were like, I went back and rewatched season two because they wanted to be fresh. Oh yeah. Um, But for us, we were coming straight off a complete binge of, of season one and season two. So so what what took us so long? Why were we not on the succession bandwagon? I don't know, honestly, what took me so long to get here. I'm just so happy that I am here. But listen, it is a hugely popular show, but there's a lot of shows that that we love that we don't cover on on the podcast, right? Because it doesn't meet our criteria or, you know, we just can't find a way in that sort of feels like us, that feels like pop fiction women. And from the outside, Succession reads as a show that's overwhelmingly white and male. I was I was posting for our social media and it's screams just white and male. You've got Sarah Snook, who plays Shiv, being the only woman really in these promo photo shoots. So it doesn't really help that initial impression, I would say. And it's also, in addition to just being predominantly the gender of the characters, it's a masculine show, which we don't mind. You and I are generally fairly masculine, but... I think that was my perception of the show. And I actually completely don't agree. I don't think it's a very masculine show in the psychology of it. It didn't exactly scream pop fiction women material. But after season two, you know, a lot of people that we both know, fans of the show told us we should watch for a lot of reasons. But they were arguing or suggesting to us that there's several strong female characters, which we're obviously going to discuss today. But Then I saw an article about the women of the show that caught my eye and a reporter called it, and you'll see why this caught my eye, uh, a deeply felt portrait of complicated women trying and sometimes failing to make their way in an unfriendly world. The article went on to say that kind of authenticity starts in the writing process. And though HBO's hit series was created by a man, Jesse Armstrong, It boasts a writer's room full of talented female playwrights, screenwriters, and seasoned producers. And it turns out that Succession's writing staff is nearly 50% female and includes many women writers that you and I both know and love. So you've got the British playwright Lucy Preble, who we discussed in connection with our Convince Me to Watch episode on I Hate Susie. She co-wrote that with Billy Piper. And I loved her when we did the deep dive, you know, for the What She Said segment. There's Georgia Pritchett, who's another Brit and multi-award winning comedy and drama writer who's best known for her work on Veep with Julia Louise Dreyfus. There's acclaimed British playwright Alice Birch, who is also known to you and I, of course, as one of the only other people Sally Rooney trusted to Mm. write episodes of the Hulu adaptation of Normal People. 
And she's actually credited with writing two of our favorite episodes. She wrote the one where Connell breaks down in therapy, which I think we both loved. And she wrote the finale. And she's currently writing the adaptation of Conversations with Friends. Nice. There's Susan Soon-He Stanton. She's another British playwright who's also working on the adaptation of Conversations with Friends. And I didn't catch this, but did you see that in season two finale that Shiv was actually holding a copy of Conversations with Friends? I did no. not catch that. No, I, I did know. not. And it's funny, the, the writers in the writer's room that are working on Conversations with Friends swear they have no idea how that ended up in her hands and that... I hope that's not true. I hope not. But so so when I read this and I saw these women that, you know, writers that, that we both love, that really for me was, you know, a, a big way into this show and, and what really pushed me over the edge. That's so interesting because you found a way that this show fits into our pop fiction women model. And meanwhile, I'm the total opposite. I am like this show makes me want to break, almost reduces our model to nothing because I think the more feminine energy, feminine ideal qualities come from the men on the show. And I think the women on this show are really just men in skirts and sometimes low cut dresses. I And I like to see that because I like to see the reversal. I like to see a different portrait of a woman. We're not all the same. And so I like that, but it makes me think we shouldn't even have criteria because there's so much of the feminine that comes out in these men and so much of the masculine that comes out in the women. Yeah, but that's so interesting. And I think maybe that that these women in this writer's room, of course, are also helping to impart the feminine qualities into some of these male characters. Or maybe it's the reverse. Who knows? I don't know. We aren't one thing. I mean, so that makes me think, like, why do you love this show? I love a corporate thriller as much as the next person. High stakes, money, the life of a business that feels either good or bad, themes of of evil and triumph. I love all of those things. I've kind of been off of that. I mean, that was me for all of my 20s. Yeah. And that was my corporate life. I worked in a bullpen and I stood up and I, I cussed my ass off. Like I lived this life. So I'm drawn to it for that reason. I have been moving away from that in my life for many reasons and over a lot, a lot of time trying to get into touch with the, I guess, the more feminine part of me, which you think is obvious as a woman and it is very much not, if you ask me. What I did not understand was this is a family drama. This yeah. is, I mean, it is a very smart soap opera. It is a, mm-hmm. and that is not intended to belittle it. The writing is incredible. The character development, the plot points, the arcs, all incredible to me. But it is really a family drama, and there's so much psychology at work, which is what I love, what I really love, because. Every single thing these people do, Kendall, Shiv, Roman, are all drawn by their daddy issues and their mommy yes. issues. Yes. Uh, everything they do in the name of the corporation or in the name of their job or career or work 
is in reaction to their parents and and their that, family dynamic yeah yes. the sibling relationship everything that to me is what makes this so interesting so it's not just like billions I don't know if you watched any of it yeah I did they yeah. did a really good job of having very dimensional characters that had home lives that had humanity so they were unlike maybe a Wall Street the older version of this corporate thriller type of, of genre they did have more built out they did care about their their relationships their family and not just in the boardroom kind of stuff but they were separate they were pretty separate and these are so incredibly entwined the show should be called enmeshed because <laughs> that is all it is in my opinion or and, in need of therapy oh no uh, let's call it yeah. let's call it in math. I don't know I well some more than others I guess yeah well they tried therapy they yes, <laughs> tried for that, five seconds that, joke, that was a yeah, great that scene. PR stunt uh, yes yeah. exactly so that is why I really love the show the psychology of it the dynamics the family drama the family yes. drama and I am I love especially love a multi-generational family drama yeah and we've talked about that. The reason like family dramas or things with siblings are so interesting is because there's so much built in tension and so much built in damage. And there, who else yeah. have you known for as long as mm -hmm. as a sibling? Oh, and yeah. it's all on display here. Absolutely. Yeah. Within, as you're saying, the context of this corporate drama and there's tension. But but so much of it really are you're, you're making the case. I agree that almost yeah. all of it is driven by the family dynamics and and I yeah, I love it just, that. It feels like a family drama which maybe uh, Sarah Gamble talked about this when we interviewed her that sometimes genre is distracting but to people who know genre they know that it don't be distracted by the in her case horror the blood and this throat slashing because this is about relationships and psychology and yeah. deeper themes of life and this is a show that had someone told me and I, I feel like people say this about all of the big shows Sopranos that I didn't relate to because I thought they were too male this is really a family drama kind of just suited up yes yeah, suited, suited up yeah and so. it's so funny you mentioned sarah gamble because something else she said when we interviewed her struck me about this you know we talked about love quinn her main character you know and how she infused you know sort of a relatability to someone who's murdering people and she said sometimes you have to go to the extreme you know mm -hmm. once you make her a murderer doing morally reprehensible things then she felt free then to explore her as a real person and because that extreme sort of gave her freedom and mm -hmm. and I was thinking about that with these people all of these characters you know we talk about likability a lot on here with with female characters and and I thought that what was refreshing about the show is that no one is likable. No one is really sympathetic, but they're all interesting and we want to know more about them and we're invested in them. And so when you take sort of likability off the table, because just none of them are, they're not trying to be, did that give them, I wonder, a freedom to sort of really explore the all facets of these people the men and the women because all of them exhibit greed all of them exhibit ambition but they also 
have moments of vulnerability and weakness. And I just, yeah. I wondered if it was sort of like what she said about about her character, that, that once maybe you just take that off the table, you can just have at it, you know? And it's, yeah, I but know. you, Yeah, you know, I think so. I think probably that is a big part of the draw for most people. To me, it's also the high stakes. It is literally yes. your, you know, our, me and my two brothers... <laughs> We're throwing around billions of dollars on a daily basis and and making deals. And that is not as interesting. I mean, my my life is not as interesting. So it's it's taking everybody's own kind of family dynamics, especially with siblings. Like magnified. Yeah, for the, you know, raising the stakes so that I can barely catch my breath when I'm watching an episode. Oh, I, I agree. Yeah. So do we want to talk about the... The siblings? Yeah. The Roys. Yeah. I mean, this is... Except the ho- Connor. We don't want to talk about Connor. That's right. <laughs> Although I find it interesting now that you've told me, which I did not know, uh, that the two of the women in the writer's room are playwrights, and they made Willa a playwright. That's yes, very that's interesting. right. Mm-hmm. Taking from, from every writer takes from their own life. It's just not always the thing that you think is obvious that, that right that women's taken. So I mean, Kendall, Shiv, Lola, Rome. This is the whole of the what drives this show for me. The, the siblings. siblings. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Totally. Do you want to start with? I don't know if you had. A way into uh, Shiv or to- Shiv? Oh, Shiv, Shiv, Shivan. Yeah. Well, I mean, I guess you want to talk about sort of her arc, where where where, where we start with Shiv, and maybe where we end up, or what? What do yeah. we think? Or just impressions of her? I mean, I relate the most to Shiv, but Shiv is a one of those. I'm thinking of the Joan Didion quote that you should stay on good terms with I'm butchering it but the idea is you should stay on good terms with all of your past selves and this is <laughs> Siobhan is a past self I would rather not revisit as much I see so many things where I'm just like oh Shiv you could just do something a little differently here and mm. I have whole I have huge hopes for her because that she will get it right because I, I think I I came into something else besides all of my damage, which I think she just operates out of all of her damage. And so I, I that in that way, it's a little hard for me to watch, but in obviously she's really relatable and real and well-drawn character. Yes. And she starts, so to your question, she starts this show, season one, episode one, more outside of the family she is just out of the reach of the corporate life and out of the real pull of this patriarch in Logan Roy and she's not I mean they're all in it but she is more along the lines of a Connor who is just a little bit removed and not quite whole like the way Logan holds Kendall and Roman as puppets right Right. Um, She's the, yeah, yeah. the only one to really have built a career for herself mm-hmm. outside of the family's business and sphere of influence. I mean, actually kind of far away. I mean, because she's gone to the, I mean, she's a democratic aide, you know, more yeah. the left wing side yes. when we're presumably supposed to believe that 
the Roy family is more of the Fox News or whatever. Yes. So, Murdoch, yeah. So, yeah. So, I mean, she's definitely showing her independence there. Like, I, you know, she, I, we can't, with anyone with the last name Roy, we can't say she's earned everything on her own merits, but, you know, she's, she's tried to sort of make her own way. And she's also the lone woman in the family, you know, so. I wouldn't, again, say she's been marginalized or disenfranchised as compared to most people. But within the Roy family, she is a little bit of sort of, at least in the beginning, the one on the, someone on the outside. Yeah. But I, I don't know. I thought it was, that was solely her choice. That yeah. was the, yeah. So as opposed to like a Connor who I don't think it's quite his choice. I think he's learned Definitely. to live with the reality of the situation. But she is like, I need to get away from you crazy, messed up people, which is sad, which makes her arc kind of sad because by the end, yeah. here we are, season three, episode one, she couldn't be any more enmeshed. Enmeshed. <laughs> Going back and to your- it's like the woman who is this strong, amazing, independent woman who gets proposed to and becomes a mush of herself. That is what I see in Shiv. Once her father dangled being his successor in front of her, and we'll talk about this more, she became someone that was not the the Shiv that we met. And it's not been a great arc. And now that makes for great drama in TV. And I know that she will come back from that, but it's not, it has not been fun for me to watch personally. No, no. And, and... And the way she got there was hard to watch in the sense that you saw her, like you said, him dangling it and then her trying to be like, you know, no, you know, I don't, I don't need that or he can't buy me off. But then to that point when she's like, I want this, I want this like so badly, whatever yeah. she says. Mm-hmm. And when her on desire, the, on the with Tom, you mean? Yes. Yeah. Her desire for it becomes so strong. And then at that point, I'm like, oh, no, oh, no. Yeah, it's blinding her now. It's blinding her now. She is not operating out of anything conscious. It's really just, I need to win. I need to get this thing. We don't really have a separate section for what's your damage. I don't read reviews. I don't read what other people are saying about the show. I cannot tell you how many hours of research in psychology I did yesterday. (laughs) (laughs) In preparing to talk about these people. I don't ever talk about that research, which I do for every episode, not to the extent that I do have done this one. But my research is never about the show or what or or the book or what people are saying about it or what's out there, but more of like into the, the disciplines of psychology or the person that we're the creator that we're we're talking about, whatever it is. So I really went down the rabbit hole of what her daddy issues are here. Uh, and yeah, and I came up with something I had never – that's not true. I've heard of it. It's not as commonly discussed as I think its male counterpart. Have you heard of the Electra complex? No. Yeah. So it's the female version of Oedipus. Oedipus, okay. Right. Which, which, which is, we've got on Kendall's side. But <laughs> oh, really? Oh, yeah, I'll have I to think, think about that. So. No, I don't. But okay. anyway, go okay, ahead. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I'll, I'll hear about that when you talk about it. So this is her, you know, subconscious that women want to sleep with their fathers because of a, a poor attachment. This is what I see for Shiv. Everything in Shiv's life is the dance of 
like, are we going to fuck? And everything, even the language she uses, you see her teetering. Her tipping point is when he pulls her into that office or Mm -hmm. study in the Hamptons. And he's like, do you want it? And she's like, are you serious? Are you serious? It's like the woman who just knows, like, stay away from men, this kind of guy, because you know you've been burned way too many times and this is not the right situation. Don't even dance. Because if you dance, you will become putty. And that is what happens. And everything, but it's that's every interaction is like, it's almost takes on a romantic quality and not in a sappy romance novel kind of way, but in a dance of how can I make you love me to the point where you want to sleep with me and marry me and have this be the end all be all of our, of this dynamic between us. And I, that's how she acts with her father. She uses terms like jilted lover like she doesn't want to be out in the cold like the girl who doesn't Mm. get picked up for prom everything is in that language of is he going to dump her and she plays games like keep him a little distant play your play it cool don't become that pathetic woman which is just another refrain of the same thing of like are we gonna fuck and not on the same first night never like let's take some time let's have me do this training and so everything which is not how the other siblings operate that is hers and it is I think from her particular style of daddy issues with her father which I think is she's just always looking for her father's love yes now yes I don't know and we can come back we can come back to Shiv but I'm going to put this question out there for you I don't think that's exactly what's going on with Kendall. I think Kendall knows he's loved. I think everyone knows that Kendall is the favorite child, including oh, see, Kendall. And I think Shiv is the favorite child. So I so here's this is this is my delineation. I think that Kendall is the loved child and Shiv is the respected child. And now there's okay. a lot of love that comes with respect. He obviously respects her. He thinks she's smart, yes. capable. Basically, he's just like she's too green if anything. But he wants he loves Kendall. He doesn't respect Kendall, which is part of the yes, problem why correct. he can't step up uh-huh. as CEO is because he doesn't respect him. And that is all he's ever But I do think if, if there's a subtle delineation, I think that's what it is. I think that Kendall. No, I is, think that's yeah, because yeah. he, Kendall's the only one he sort of shows softness towards and like affection in a way, yes. and that's why I think you're right. Whereas with Shiv, they don't really have that dynamic as much. He's much more like I could see that just he respects, respects her. her, yeah, and, and he definitely it, doesn't respect Kendall, right? I yeah. think that's really the delineation. Now, all of that can fall between a, a, a father and a child. All of that can fall under what feels like love. But I do think it's really different. And to me, it's just a testament to what I, even the fact that I can read that kind of nuance into these characters is just a testament to these writers. It's just brilliant, really brilliant stuff that they've put on the page here. Yeah, I mean, I just saw for her damage, just these walls that she's built up. And that is very relatable to me you know and I and I think you know one of the walls has been to protect herself against her father and when he says as you you're talking about at the summer palace like you know when he offers it to her and she says is this real I just see this wall coming down where she's finally like 
opening herself up to this idea and and could this really be and and her reaction when she accepts you know i saw vulnerability and like relief and joy and like she was and i'm like and that's why i was like oh this is going to be bad because oh we she's well because of letting her dad in and and i was just like bad because she's she's gonna get sucked in she's picking the wrong the the man who's gonna do i mean it's literally the same leave the wall up for him (laughs) because i'm not sure you want to take it down for this guy because nothing good's gonna come from that i don't think Mm -hmm. we see as you said by the end so and the walls are there with her and Tom too. I mean, so she's just she's I, she's protecting herself all over the place. And I don't I don't know that she ever really lets anyone in. I mean, maybe I thought maybe she would with Nate, and I saw that oh, that's not really what's going on there. I don't. Yeah, so. Nate's the same thing. Nate's her father. Yeah, yeah. yeah I yeah. think Tom has. I think he was as close that anyone could be to Shiv on the 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 train the trail of going towards really being open and it doesn't you don't just in my experience you don't just like take down your walls in a day and so yeah. they were going the right pro- in the right direction and i think her father stepping in is what has put it i think logan stepped in as the worst obstacle between her and tom I, yeah, I don't yeah. I don't think she treats him the same way that she has treated her other relationships. We don't get a lot of context for that. We get Nate, but we don't get a ton of context for that. That's just my my feeling was because the question is one of the questions is is are they a good relationship her and Tom? <laughs> yeah. I mean my answer is no, but I, I I mean and why, I, I, why because I think that he they are good partners in only in the sense that they have shared goals and he understands obviously her family and and the business which is a large part of her life so in that sense there's compatibility there but I think if if for Shiv to be emotionally satisfied at any point in her life she's gonna need somebody else to bring out a different side of her and 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 he is not gonna be the one to do it oh I hope I mean I I hope that's not true I do think that he can I think in fact only he can and she might get there a different way but I do think he could get there I think but it's gonna take time and certainly it can't be that she is fucking him over. I mean, I just yeah, uh, time and time again for her father. It does. It's a sick, bizarre love triangle that they're in. It is. You're and absolutely right. And she's choosing right. Logan over and over and over. And yes, she should be choosing Tom. And so well, I will. The- I understand if the relationship deteriorates, but. And also, Tom has work to do. Tom has growth, right? Yes, yes. We'll, we'll come just, back to this. Yeah. But mm-hmm. I, I said yesterday that the Tom that is married to Shiv is a completely different person than the Tom who's the boss of Greg. And he's complete hypo-masculine dickhead versus doormat. And Doormat, I yeah. think when what he did block com- of feta, what did they call him? <laughs> when he comes together, when when he can 
move closer to the center of that spectrum instead of occupying both poles. I think that's when he'll be the exact partner that Siobhan needs. Well, and if I think, I, you know, I see hope, to your point, in that scene when they go off on the yacht and they go off to a little cove themselves and, and they're sitting asked, on the beach. When he asked for divorce, that's where you see hope. Yeah, I'll tell you why. Because okay, I go. felt like Tom was actually finally getting some of that, you know, chutzpah or, you know, yes. bossiness that yes. he has with Greg, with her, where he says, you know what, like, I kind of, I'm going to butcher the line Such too, a but like, point. Yeah, like I feel like shit around you. I feel, but thinking about not being with you makes me sad. But you know what? Being with you makes me sad. And I don't know which one's worse. So he's very direct. Well, and at that moment, he's actually saying the the not being with you would be better because this is too painful. And she has really run roughshod over him about, you know, the open marriage, which by the way, I don't think either one of them want. And she was like, this is just what I what I have to do and yeah and that scene was right after she didn't defend him around the table with her mm-hmm. dad and I felt like it was him finally being like you know what fuck that like enough's enough like yeah. I'm and and it's the first time he's suggesting maybe this isn't gonna work out and I think it really does strike yeah. a nerve with her like you know and then when he goes I mean then then the Tom I love is right after that when he goes back and eats fucking Logan's chicken. And that is one of the greatest it scenes. Is amazing. He just walks up and eats his chicken. And Logan's he like, what the fuck? All, such these bombastic <laughs> yes. moments that he d- just bubble over him. And again, to me, that feels like a feminine, what we're used to as traditionally feminine energy to me. It is the holding it in, holding it in, holding it in. Okay, sure. Okay, honey. Okay. Until you cannot fucking take it anymore. And his is by eating chicken and throwing water bottles at Greg. And I I just love it. So so if there's more of that, Tom, with with Shiv, then I give it a better chance. I think you're right. Which maybe... Maybe that is coming. And you're right. If it's a sick love triangle, then him walking up and eating the other man in the triangle's chicken mm-hmm. is a bold move. Maybe that Tom can do it. <laughs> yeah. Well, I don't know. If I... it's the Tom in the Senate hearings, okay, oh, who's going Mo Lester, then I don't <laughs> think we're, I think we're in trouble. <laughs> yeah. But I don't know. There's something to me that just really strongly indicates that these are the people that should be together and they're not they're not currently having they're not the people they need to be as individuals but i hope they can stay together as a couple until they like really explore and execute that individual growth and then right. come together as a couple to be a stronger because i don't see. love their relationship at all i no but no I but don't. i do think that they're the right people for each other i really do I think that I could get I could get on board with that if if you're right like if some of the individual growth happens and then I think one of my issues is I don't think she always respects him and I if no, you don't she doesn't. respect your she? partner yeah so so right now in the way he is that's not going to work cuz definitely not for her Wait wait um, wait wait you're overgeneralizing because think about the scene on is this is in season 3 episode 1 when he calls her from the jet and says, listen, they're talking about another successor yeah. for the nine billionth time right. on the show. And she, <laughs> she's like, what, do you, what should I do? I could get caught up in this. But, she, you know, she does respect him. But it's only in the moments when he 
commands her respect. And so I I don't think that she, Siobhan, does not not respect Tom. I think it's that it's a dynamic. Yeah, yeah, there are moments. I don't, yeah, I don't think it's a whole hog thing. But yeah, there, and there are definitely moments when she doesn't respect him and just chooses to walk all over him in such a heartbreaking and terrible way. But I don't know. I think that's also part of her growth. I think she needs to walk over somebody. And I'd love it. I'd love it to be the same person who eventually says, you have to stop this shiv. I want to say you have to stop this shiv in so many aspects of her life. I think mm. I, you think what you're doing is so liberated and free. And really, you're so trapped and scared and insecure. And yes. so I want her to stop doing that. And I would love for it to be Tom who who kind of gets that through to her the love of a, of the, I of think, a good man I think, not yeah, her I think father he could. she's still chasing the love of her father and and yes. if she accepted the love of a good man like tom and he was able to give make her feel secure i think this is the ideal then we could free her from the the daddy the daddy yeah. stuff yeah yeah because yeah. right now you know doing his bidding and whatnot is not not the right place for her. But let's just say, say then bring it up to date. Do you think Shiv now from episode one of season three, is she going to go to Kendall's camp? Like he called her and I, yeah. I took it to mean like that maybe she was on I, her way to him. I, and then is she leaving daddy's side? I don't know. I don't know. Good question. I don't, I mean, it's hard for me to separate the two. I think Kendall's on the fucking sinking ship. And we'll see. Yeah. We'll see. I Hopefully they'll turn it around because how many times can, can Kendall, Kendall be the sinking yeah. ship? But I, so, but I do, I think truthfully, honestly, I think she just wants to be on the side of the winner and she wants to be on the side of the winner where she can be on top. And right. I don't know if she does come to Kendall and and accepts maybe a more number two position. Maybe that's personal growth for her. But right now, I still think she's got it's all eyes on the prize. Asper- yeah, exactly. They all yeah. do. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, not 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 Roman. I mean, <laughs> that that is the best scene of episode <laughs> one in season three when he calls his dad and is like, you know, I want this. I want this. But if it's not me, maybe it's Jerry's time, Jerry. blah, 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 blah. And he goes on and on and he's compelling and he's clear and he's like, he says in no uncertain terms, I want this. And, but also says all this other stuff and he hangs up and Logan's response is so fucking brilliant. Roman's out. Yep. That's it. Roman's out. <laughs> because no. Roman was suggesting it be like a duo and... I don't. I think the minute Roman was talking up someone else, yeah. his dad was like, "Fuck it, you're done." Yeah, 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 yeah. So, you can't. That doesn't I, comport with Logan's view of the world. It's you, 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 and yeah. Roman talking positively about another person is weak, I guess, or just. I think he just sees. I think unlike since I've already delineated Shiv and Kendall, I think he both loves and respects roman as a child yeah and you do not the love and respect that you give an adult is not the same love and respect it has such limitations it is very conditional 
the way that you love and respect a child. You can't just be like, oh, I love and respect you. So, you know, do whatever you need to do for yourself. You don't trust their decisions. There is something implicit about trusting a child. It, it only can go so far, right? So you, far, You yeah. don't respect their decisions because you understand that they don't have the experience. They're and the, limited, the, yeah. They can't. So, so yeah. you can try to help them, you know, make their own decision and then guide that decision a little better but you don't the truth is you can't really respect a child's decisions they're a child you know you try to do as much as you can to give them autonomy and agency he still has the training wheels on so he you know he went back to kindergarten as they say corporate training (laughs) school I mean that's what they think of him I mean that pretty much sums it up like which means hey kid you got potential yeah let's see where it goes but you're still you're still a child to your point yeah which is different from Siobhan being green if you ask me yes right that is just like Mm -hmm. let's get you up to speed you've got the mental capacity yes and Roman is just treated as a child who does not have his you know prefrontal cortex understanding you know, long-term consequences. They just don't think he can, he has that mental capacity yet. And he doesn't help himself. No, 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 he does not. He does though, as we said yesterday, have some of the best lines in the show. I mean, I'm sure there's a Google search of best Roman Roy lines that I haven't looked into, but I'm, and I don't have them written down, but I just, every time he talks, I, it's so, I, I laugh because it's always something so quick, so witty, mm-hmm. so obnoxious uh, that I, I find him endlessly entertaining. Absolutely. Yeah, I'm, he is entertainment. And for him, we've seen pretty dramatic arcs with Kendall and Shiv. And almost in that same vein of a child growing up, I mean, gosh, all of the moms and, and dads at the school where my kids go have had so much of this like when did they get so big you know you you don't see somebody else's kid for a year and a half because of pandemic Mm -hmm. when you're not really hanging around each other the same way you used to be and they see the child that's not in your class in their their child's class and like whoa what happened and so but the truth is nothing happened they grew little by little every single day and I think that is what Roman is doing growing little by little every single day and it will be one day where you're like hey look at Roman he is a yeah. functioning right and totally he, yeah and it's the a little pieces bit of that. are there they're yeah. there they yeah. just yeah, yeah. not just yet a, he's I don't, to quote Britney Spears, not a girl, but not yet a woman. Right? He, did we just quote Britney Spears? That well, it's certainly fantastic. not Britney Spears. It's a Britney Spears song. I'm yes, Britney yes. Spears didn't write that. But right. yeah, he is really caught in between, in between being extremely immature and childish and also kind of getting his feelers. And, and frankly, the fact that he is complaining so much about this management course, which by the way, Greg took first season that Logan told Siobhan she would have to take if she was going to be CEO. I mean, I, I, it's just a thing that you have to do. Yeah. And right, right, right. he's complaining about it and treating it like it's kindergarten. And so, yes. in fact, it will feel that way to him. Yeah. But his arc, I guess, compared to the others is, I think... I think what you're saying is probably the least dramatic meaning in that. It's slow and steady. Sort exactly, sort of the same throughout. There are moments, like you're saying, but we it's how he starts and how he ends. Where we're at with him now in the beginning of season three are 
fairly similar. I mean, he hasn't had a dramatic change. I think if you tallied up the number of one-liners and the number of insightful business right like good points he's made Mm -hmm. i i would uh, these are i'm just playing with numbers season one you're you're gonna have 25 one-liners and one good business ideas Mm -hmm. and i think in season three or and even in season two season two was closer it was like maybe it's 10 and 5 right like so he's he's cutting down on the one-liners and he is upping up on the actually helpful useful corporate business yeah what's uh, really coming through i think you're right is his instincts are proving to be stronger and and he's a lot of the things the good business points in his column come from his instincts not because he's really done the work or the research or the way that kendall does it's more his gut and you see that towards the end with that deal that growing private deal and that money and he was just like dad don't do it like you know like and even though he could have been the the hero you know meaning like oh kendall good job you i mean sorry roman good job you got the money i mean you you had to suffer a hostage attack to get it yeah carl was that's where he was going with it he absolutely was boosting him up but he went he knew it he knew in his gut it was not gonna work which is why i said or if i didn't say it I, the, the most feminine character on the, with the feminine energy, the feminine qualities is is Roman. Yeah. Because, yeah, the yeah. intuition is where he is strongest. Or it's the piece he's developing that's the strongest. Mm-hmm. But even when he started, he's all soft skills. He's yeah, all, he is. I can Oh, yeah, right. He took those people out for drinks to course. get information on Walter because I'm not yeah. reading the proxy. Fuck that. Yeah. I'm going to go talk to the people and find out they're unionizing or and, whatever. And who said it to him? Was it Was it for, I mean, each of these deals blurs, especially when you watch it all together. But like, which one was it where, where Logan was like, you got, or somebody said, you got to get him in bed and he knows how to get him in bed right yes there's, there's yes. the yeah, there's yeah. the fucking them but then there's the getting them in bed and the getting them in bed is harder and roman is really good at that he, let's we could talk about whether he can't fuck him but <laughs> when he gets right there. but well we can because you know that's just also another interesting aspect of roman's i guess damage is the sexual dysfunction and what that's sort of a a, a vulnerability in him in a, in a way that I, I found surprise. And we don't really know what the deal is there. Like how this happened or or what. It just to me was it, it's it comes across as so sort of brash and sarcastic and whatever. But then to also have this this issue that he doesn't seem to care when the girlfriend talks about it in front of people. Mm. I don't know. And he can't get off unless, you know, Jerry's being belittling and mean to him and criticizing him. Yeah. Talk about some damage there, as opposed to a girlfriend who's actually trying to talk what we would say more typically, like, sexually to him. It's a fascinating element of his character. Yeah, I mean, and I don't think it's any shock that it is... Like, to me, I don't know. Well, I mean, this whole family is so fucked up. But <laughs> but I think Kendall has more mommy issues. 
Shiv has the daddy issues and which means poor attachment with that particular parent and Mm -hmm. and Roman just is nowhere land and I don't think it is any coincidence that the person he wants to do this with is Jerry who is the only woman who is she's a mother figure to him she mm-hmm. is nurturing. She looks out for him. She supports him. She throws his name into the ring. And when there's that moment, and I'm totally forgetting what it is, there's that moment where she, it, they're alone in a room with Logan and, and I think it's Rhea. And she's like, no, it's got to be, it's got to be Roman. It's got to be Roman. And she, so she's the, she is the maternal figure to him. She's nurturing. She's supportive. She is going to bat for him the way a mother would. But then she does this weird, and that is what makes him vulnerable. That, or that is his piece of growth, I think. Like to attach to a mother in a, an appropriate way would, would heal a lot of his old shit. But then it's also very uncomfortable. So what does he do? He asks her to belittle him, which is what he's comfortable with because that's how his dad treats him. So, yes, exactly. So it's this weird, he has both mommy and daddy issues here. He's like going towards the growth, but also the the damage that he already has, which is I can only do this if I feel like a naughty child who is yes. being, you know, he's reprimanded. Yeah. yeah. And, and yelled at and belittled as a child from Jerry in particular because I don't know right. he hasn't asked Tabitha to do that no, he hasn't asked any no. of the other right so I mm-hmm. do think that there's something because if that's all he needed he could tell every yeah. woman he's with just you yeah. know yeah. be an asshole to me you know scold yeah. me tell me I'm a pe- dirty little pig or whatever yeah. the hell she called <laughs> yeah you're right it's not gonna work from anybody else yeah. it has to come from Jerry not the way it from does. a parental figure you're saying a mother figure because yeah. by the way I mean his mother wasn't nice to him either I mean it's not like he he, they're fucked from both sides in the Roy family yeah but (laughs) I think yeah but I think one more than the other like I said I think Shiv has Shiv feels more detached from her mother's shit yes than anybody Mm -hmm. else so right that's I meant she has it worse for daddy Kendall has it worse for mommy and and Roman has both yeah 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 but Kendall what I was saying before with the Oedipus that uh, that also the aspect that I think he has too because of that is then he has hatred for the same sex parent for the father that's the the another part of the Oedipus complex Mm. you know it's like if you obsession with your mother right but then hatred for the father right oh so maybe that's what right maybe that's and and I think that maybe what Shiv too she just feels yeah you're yeah yep Mm-hmm. Although I just think with her mom, she's, I think you're right. It's just detached from her. Yeah. But she does hate her. More think about the hatred. wedding. Mom, yeah. are you going oh, around telling yeah. people, uh, asking people how long it's going to last? Stop it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I don't think her hatred isn't the same way. Yeah. But I don't even know, though. So you think Kendall hates Logan? I don't. Yeah. I don't. Oh, I, I do. I don't see that. I think he's I mean, desperate for his respect. Yeah. I mean, I think that's. That I don't know that that's mutually exclusive, but that's true uh, to me, Kendall is the driving yeah. force. Uh, he, this he, Kendall is the show for me. I know yes, that a lot of people would say the main character. It's him, I think. Yeah, and and he's the driving force. You know, the show ostensibly starts with 
Logan setting things into motion by having his was it a stroke or heart? I yes, can't remember. His brain or heart, and that's kind of what sets the show into motion. But it is Kendall saying, "You're not fit to run this company. I have to do something about it. You're you won't accept it." He drives every single bit of this show. Every turn that happens is kept in momentum by whether he's going to get in line or decide to step out yeah and try to to be a different person he like to me like shiv has had a a downward spiral from in the arc of the show right i i think there is no one i loved more than season one episode six whose side are you on kendall i mean that was the best hour of tv i think i've Ever Wait, watched. which one? See, I can't tell me what, what's the, happening yeah, in that one. Yeah, it's the board. It's where they're having the vote. Oh, uh, the okay. vote of no confidence. The vote of no confidence. Right, right, and right, right. Kendall's been working on getting people on his side. It's going to be close. We know it's going to be close. He flies out, takes the helicopter out to the the one woman's house, voting member's house, to convince him that that Logan really isn't good. He gets stuck in traffic because they can't blade back because of an air, whatever, you know. Uh, A no, terrorist threat or yes, something. No, no fly, no fly. Zone. Yeah. And so he's stuck in traffic. He's trying to do it from the tunnel. They can't hear him. Logan's stepping all over him, like, shut up, hang up the phone. And right. he gets out and starts running and he makes his pitch on the street. Now, I know they twisted it, obviously, afterwards, which I thought was very good, the way they twisted it, like this crazy sweating man trying to overthrow his father, like running on the streets of, of Manhattan. But as you're watching it, it's so impressive. He is not flustered. He is the man. He is like, yeah. my. I, this is my opportunity. Vote of no confidence. Get my father out. I am going to run this company. Of course, it doesn't turn out that way, but... That is the height of Kendall's, you know, none of these people, look, you think none of these people are likable? None of these people are healthy, in my opinion. But (laughs) this is the height of Kendall's healthy dysfunction. This is where he is working. It is all working for him. He is going to, he has a plan. He has done the work to set it in motion. He is ready to do it. And when that gets shut down, it's just, one di- downward spiral after the other. Right. That's like the tipping point. Yeah. I mean, I think you're right. By that episode, he is coming into his own. And yeah. it is, even within season one, is a stark contrast to how he started, which, you know, I think it's one of the opening scenes where he's, you know, got the headphones on and listening to Beastie Boys. And, and he's trying to meet with the, the guy who owns Walter. And he's like, we ready to fuck or what? And he's like, tells him his sight is the shiz. And you're just like, oh, you're like, he, he starts off. By the way, that is like a, a universal joker. truth that I have <laughs> never understood. What is it about well-off white men that love... <laughs> Rap music? Rap music? I, I, yeah. don't, I don't understand I it. don't know, but I have a 14-year-old boy yeah. who's Living white, yes. uh, who is obsessed with rap music. So yeah. I don't know where it comes from. We don't listen to rap music. It's. I right. mean, I don't have a problem with that. I, no. I, you know, but, but it's just, it's not like he got it because we listen to it no. all the time or something. Yes. I don't know. And like, it's just, it's a thing. It's I don't know. It's very bizarre. But like he seems like a buffoon, like like a daddy's boy, like the kid with the silver spoon who's trying to sound cool. Like 
so that's how we first meet him. But then his but then dad, by this point, yeah, yeah. But then his dad has a health scare, and he is yeah. like, "I have to step up and be the man of this family." Like and now. he does, yeah, and he does. And it, he does. I think he does it well. He I does mean, by all, then, and yeah. yeah. It all, but then it all falls apart. Goes down from there. Yeah, I mean, ending of course with season one finale of him being involved in like a Chappaquiddick style mm-hmm. car crash, and from that in that aftermath, you know, he's sucked back into his father's orbit because he he needs him now. Yeah. I mean, and then we see season two, Kendall. Or I know. most of season two, Kendall is like a vacant zombie-like puppet. Yeah. I, I, it's to say he looks like defeated and subservient and oh a boy. lackey. All true, but it's his vacant God, Jeremy eyes. Strong does such the eyes, the yes, and like eyes, eyes, and they obviously the makeup people put just like a slight dark mm-hmm, circle underneath. Mm-hmm. I mean. And, you know, he's obviously back to the drugs, so he's just, he plays it so well. Oh, oh my gosh. And, and by so well, like, I want to kick him. Yes. <laughs> oh yeah. He said, Jeremy Strong, I did read, he said that in he's like a real method actor, apparently, and for preparing for this, like, he thought of the Manchurian candidate and trying to create this almost somnibalistic just dead-eyed soldier who's been weaponized who's been made to cross further and further his own moral and ethical lines and he did that yeah (laughs) he he did did. he did it which i found very painful very very painful not just because like shiv where i'm like oh shiv you're just making the wrong choices you can make better choices you can heal him i'm just i don't know i hated it it was so Oh, it was so, so hard to hard watch. to watch so but in hard. a different way in a way of like I just wanted to shake him and be like what are you doing I know. I don't know I had more obviously we've discussed this before there are you never know exactly and people have different reactions people maybe wanted to shake Shiv I had a lot more compassion for Shiv and the bad mistakes she was making I had no compassion for the the bad place that that Kendall was in at that time Oh really? So None. no compassion. None. So what? What? What should he have done? You know, I mean, he was. What choice did he have? Really? Well, so we can talk about that. Well, I, I guess I want to put two questions out there. Yeah. The first one is whether I think a lot of people think that the Kendall that at the press conference throws his dad mm-hmm. under the bus is the same Kendall who was trying to get the vote of no confidence. I do not see them as the same person at all. I think the reasons why, I mean, all of it, all of it's dysfunction. So I'm not going to pretend like, the, you know, season one, episode six, whose side are you on? The vote of no confidence Kendall was, was a purely healthy Kendall. But he really was doing what he thought he should do, you know, for himself, selfishly but also in some twisted way, really, for the company. And this one is not. He is not. He's just fighting here. He's just yeah. wants, he's just being vindictive to his dad. Yes, and, vindictive, exactly. Yeah, and that is not the same to me. I don't, and so I don't know that I will have m- more compassion for him. I don't see him going in that direction. Who knows? I mean, the show is great. I, I know I'll be along for the ride 100%, but... Will I 
root for him or not is a very different thing. Ooh, and and I was yeah. not rooting for him for all of season two. I'm not sure if I will root for him for season three. If episode one is in any indication, I will no. definitely not be rooting no. for him. Yeah, we're rooting for him to get better in season two. Like I meaning well, what is get better? like yeah. healthier and not this vacant zombie man who's like just spiraling and going back to the drugs and just doing you know as he said to the guy Walter after he fired everyone because my dad told me to that was great. or my dad said so yeah. you know like that yeah but I want I'm rooting for him to not have to be his dad's lackey but. So I think I had some compassion there for him in his full but what about vacant zombie state. Less compassion um, or more compassion? Mm, as compared less to Less probably. Yeah. I, I, well, I know, right. It's, no, it's, yeah, you and probably. I just always are on yeah. the opposite side I think of Shiv, that. I think Shiv, yeah, I think Shiv can can turn it around. Shiv's just, I, mean, I think she'll get there. So I guess I'm not as worried about Shiv, maybe? Like... I don't know that yeah. I'm trying to think I do see what you're saying but I think she's gonna get there so she just gotta she's she's just and a little where's off get right there? now where's get there I think she's hopefully to as we talked about earlier gonna to get to just a, win yes. everything and she can and actually uh, be a good partner and I don't know where, yes, where you're and there be a, yes, yes be yes to not be so you know reliant on her dad or obsessed with her dad's uh, validation and yeah, kind to of not more walk vulnerability at times. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, to have a little more compassion and vulnerability feeling. Like right now she's just the little too much of the Shiv fucking Roy type, which is an act sometimes. I mean, I just feel like it's an it's an armor and I'd like to Absolutely. see some of that come down. Yeah. But the the Kendall at the end of season two that I did like was the Kendall at the Senate hearings. I thought that Kendall seemed much more you know, in command, you know, again, the rest of the leading up until that point, we've, as we've discussed, he's this vacant zombie boy. And I know he was sort of sticking up for his dad in a sense and the company in that moment, it felt like, com like it was coming from more of a place of strength and he was sort of commanding the moment, yeah. which I thought I liked that part of Kendall. I was like, all right, there's, there's some Kendall, come on, Kendall. And then even the press conference, I mean, that, that guy in the press conference to me was a boss. I I, yeah. I know he was being vindictive, but I felt like, again, maybe he was in command, was showing leadership qualities. But then, <laughs> I, yeah, I mean, he hasn't thought, then, you know, you're like, all right, okay, look at Kendall getting some fire back in him. All right. Yeah. But then you get to the season one, I mean, episode one of season three, and I'm like, oh, who is this fucking Kendall? Now we're back to Wait, being... it's not boss... I mean, he's still got the, no, the boss no. man persona on. He's no, definitely he not doesn't. the vacant. He's, he, he's not the vacant, but he's back to almost being more like the manic, cokey, teen-talking yes. Kendall of season one, who right. to me is not... Well, and not the good part, not episode yeah, no, six that like you're talking the about. Pre, the pre-dad yes. um, health scare. Right. Yeah. Now you realize he doesn't know what the fuck he's doing here. Like he's got no real plan. Right. He's 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 done the big move and as usual hasn't thought anything through. He's interrupting these PR women. He's concerned too much, you know, how he's trending on Twitter. Yeah. And then I'm like, oh, who is this guy? Like and he's in the bathtub basically the moments after his big press conference, like hyperventilating. So I'm just not sure. Yeah. <laughs> how well how 
what state Kendall is really in here. Yeah, Um, it's not a good one. It's not a good one. Which brings it to me, because, you know, for me, love and career are very intertwined for me. Like, I think that you can be good at your job as a single person, 100%. But the quality of your relationship, I think, affects how far you can go, how far you can take it. And we've already talked about it with Shiv and Tom. What what do you think about, I mean, I guess in, in season three, episode one, Rava's back in the, the, the picture a, a little bit, just not whatever. She doesn't want to be, but I don't think. But he's, she's, that's right. He's, he's using her, her yes, apartment yes. Yeah, as but, home base. And as we've heard over and over again, Kendall say Naomi she's good for me I mean how many times did he say that Naomi she's good for me Mm -hmm. what what do you think is going to help him get on the right track so or or I guess you you can you can answer that or or do you believe him when he says Naomi is good for him so the only thing I will say about Naomi is, well, A, we don't get a lot from her, right? So it is hard to say, but it is certainly what we're being told, to your point, by him. The one thing I, I thought was interesting about Naomi was the scene on the yacht when yes. he basically has to ask her to leave. Yes, and exactly. he's describing his love relationship with his dad and he does love me, you know, it's just it's kind of a weird way of showing it. Mm-hmm. And she says... He loves the damaged you or the broken Broken. you, I think. Mm -hmm. Broken you. And I was like, ding, 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 ding. Correct, Naomi. So on that basis alone, I'm going to give Naomi (laughs) some points here. And maybe she is good for him because that's the most astute, dead-on thing anybody said to Kendall. And and I do believe that is one of the things he had in his mind when he then went... And, and did what he did. Yes. Yes. It, it was yes. maybe tipped over by his father <clears throat> saying, you're just not a killer. Yes. And maybe you don't exactly. have to be, but you know, whatever. 100%. I think both those things together is what made Kendall the switch flipping him. Absolutely. And that was absolutely the way I feel about it. And I can imagine, although we don't get this, I can imagine from the way we see Kendall deliver the news or, or discuss it with Rava, it seems like she has wanted him to stand up to her, his father many times, right? She seems very happy that he did this, that that he's stood up to him. and But it's also like, do you know what you're doing? And it's a little undermined and it's a little, I don't know. I can imagine that she would say to him, why do you put up with this? Why do you put up with him? Why do you let him do this? As opposed mm-hmm. to... Naomi, who listened and was like, I get it. I know all of the things you're saying. I know how the weird love comes out. I know how it comes out sideways. And also the truth is he likes you broken. And Mm -hmm. that I think is maybe the same thing. I think Naomi and Rava see the same thing, but it is about the person hearing it. It's not about what you see. This is another reason why I have issues with the seeing because unless some seeing you, if someone seeing you helps you see yourself, that's when it's important. But someone just seeing yes. you to the and you can't 
get to, and which is also what I had problems with with Marianne and Connell, was to the extent they saw each other, they couldn't help each other see one another. They couldn't help themselves, help the other one out of that place. And so that is the difference with Naomi here. And her saying that without judgment, with full understanding, is what I think Kendall really needs. And so... As much as I don't love him muttering away and saying, Naomi's good for me. She's kind of good for me. You know, I don't like that, but it but may... But that one line yeah, in that it, one moment. It may I prove know. to be true. It may be true. Exactly. Or not, because she obviously has a, a slippery slope issue with drugs, which is, doesn't seem to be working very well for him. So it really could go other, either way, which is something I'm really looking forward to in season three to see which way it does go because uh, again I guess like Tom and Shiv I do I see I think these are the right two people for each other and can they get there I don't know can they do the right kind of growth to make it a good relationship because it's not there yet I I hope so yeah yeah so yeah yeah Yes, yeah, so we'll see. I agree. I think there's potential there, but we need we just really haven't seen much of of the two of them. Um, I don't think but, we've needed to I feel like that's the beauty of this show is we don't need to see a lot. It's it's what the, we saw was yeah. like I said that was a that was a big moment. That was such um, a big moment. Such a big But moment. what about when so she's then there with Rava and the whole yeah. <laughs> they're all just together. And what about when he says, Kendall, all these brilliant fucking women, Greg, I must be doing something right. Yeah. And I'm just like, what the fuck, Kendall? And I, I guess he's referring to Rava and Naomi, and yeah. now he's gotten Lisa Arthur as his lawyer yeah. to represent him, which his dad wanted. All these brilliant fucking women, Greg, I must be doing something right. Yeah. So, I mean, this is the Ben Affleck thing for me. Yeah, right? right? Uh, oh my God. How does this guy yeah. get all these brilliant women yeah. to be in his orbit, yes. basically? Yes. Oh, yeah, yeah. Which I don't have, <laughs> which I don't have an don't answer, have an answer to, for. But I will say, right. uh, you know, obviously we don't, Ben Affleck is a real human being and does not let us into his life. And Kendall Roy is a character on a show that has been brilliantly drawn. And I do get it on this side. I am and completely in love with Kendall completely I would be Mm. I would be a a Naomi or a Rava in a heartbeat I mean I think I'd be a Naomi as opposed to a Rava but which is to say to not to listen and empathize with their poor me victimy attitude but to say okay what are you gonna do about it what are you going to do about it? I get it. He likes you when you're broken and you're just choosing to be broken. That's cool. Fine. Right. Instead of forcing them to do something different or be something different or see something different, instead you can empathize to the point where they say, they see what you see and they go, huh, I don't want that. I don't want to do that anymore. Right, right, right. So Interesting. I love Kendall. I love him. Yeah. yeah. No, no I, 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 yeah. I think he is... A very, very interesting and appealing character. Yes, but I don't know if the Kendall I'm seeing right now, I'm I'm rooting for. But I mean, no, I'm just. It doesn't even matter because I'm just so interested to see where the hell it's gonna go. Oh, totally. Yeah, I the yeah. Kendall, the corporate Kendall I'm seeing right now. I 
I don't root for. He is not the Kendall yeah. of the no vote of com- uh, the vote of no confidence. I do think he can get to even better places if Naomi really is the right partner for him. So I have so, so in we'll some see. ways yeah. I have no hope and in some in other ways I have more hope than ever. So Right, 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 right. So we'll see. We'll see. Yeah. Yes. Well, what about Jerry? We haven't talked about Jerry other than I guess just to with say Roman. Yeah, with Roman, right. But her character is another archetype, right? And and there's also Holly Hunter, a different archetype. Mm-hmm. Jerry is loyal, but also very independent, not needy. She's not, I mean, she does work for Logan. There's no, she could get fired. She doesn't seem to ever worry about that or care. She doesn't feel dependent on him in any way. But she's incredibly loyal without sacrificing who she is. And that's a really hard balance in, in life. Particularly in this bunch. Yes. I'm, yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, I mean it's hard has, in life, but it's, she has the yeah. be- benefit of him not being related to her, right? The right. the family right. dynamic, and not just the the idea of like holding, you know, your dad as your boss over your head. It's just she doesn't have that same kind of energy of of what am I working out in the family dynamic here, right? So right, right. But still, I still think because Frank is a doormat, and Carl is more of that like he does feel desperate even though he ends up leaving oh yeah he does feel desperate frank doesn't but frank's like i'll come back if you want me to but if you don't want me to i'm out whatever yeah and carl's the one that the cfo who we're supposed to believe has like issues with prostitutes or women or whatever right when he says if your hands are clean it's only because there's a manicurist in your whore house that was great that was so good yeah like wait is that from boar on the floor or I don't think no. That was to, when they were on the yacht. Okay. I think it was when they were on the yacht. Yes, yes, but, yes, yes. You're right. Or but going my point is, Logan has no respect for him. Yeah. I mean, yeah. You know, he he really doesn't. He has respect for Jerry. He, you know, there's a couple obviously times where he's like, oh, you know, let's just put her name down as CEO on paper, even mm-hmm. though, like, everyone knows that's laughable, which is yeah. obviously insulting, mm-hmm. but. He seems to have the most respect of his advisors there for Jerry. And I actually, I don't, I relate to her a lot. And I don't know if it's because she's the lawyer in the bunch, but honestly, the fixer part, I mean, I've never clearly done, helped, you know, powerful men fix um, illegal deeds. She does, but I've, I've worked for very powerful men you know as clients who you know that's kind of our job it's not cover things up but sort of like the way that they talk the way they interact with her what she she knows just like okay this is what we need to do and she just cuts through the bullshit and just like gets it done i i i can definitely relate to Jerry, I, I I think she's a great character, and she was supposed to be a man. That was that oh. role was when she auditioned. Jerry was with a Y. It was an, intended to be a, a man, and and she kind of blew them away, and they oh, made it I Jerry with that. an I. I love yeah. that story, and it actually sort of fit. They said because you know a lot of media moguls and 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 businessmen that a lot of this was based on have women right hand you know the right hand man Mm -hmm. is a right hand woman and these fixers a lot of like epstein and a lot of not 
despi- I mean, really despicable people, but had have women, you know, conciliaries, okay, if you will. So, okay. yeah, but I, I, I love, I do love Jerry and Roman, but I also just Jerry on her own yeah. is very relatable to me. Yeah, she's not. And now in season three, she's, I guess. Gonna if we bring it up to moment. date. She's yeah, yeah, she's the one right now. She I is. know, as you joke, there's always who knows. Everyone's always vying for it, and but it always but changes. her name, yes. <laughs> Currently speaking, though, yes. it is Jerry. Yes, yeah. I yeah. I don't relate to her, and that is great writing when when you relate to her and I don't, and I still am so compelled by her and I love watching her and what she's going to do I don't want to ignore the sibling arc on this show too I mean when they're in the hospital the siblings as I mean we've talked about individuals in a in a relationship and then also the relationship as a thing and this same goes for the siblings they are three people or four people really but they have their own dynamic and we see it from the beginning to the end of the beginning of season one to now season three they're maturing a little bit they're leaning on each other in the right ways you know in the beginning there's that amazing scene when they're at the hospital and Shiv and Roman actually get into a physical scuffle the way siblings (laughs) do not a real like street fight they get into it physically the way siblings do and the, the best part of the moment for me was Ian, or not Ian, <laughs> Tom comes in and he's, and my, uh, when I was watching it with my husband, Ian, he said, this is me when I watch you and your brother fight. And then Tom opens oh, the door, no. sees them fighting and walks right out. He's like, you guys got that handled. I don't understand what's going on. I'm just going to be over here. I'll be back later. <laughs> and I exactly. thought all of that was so true to real life. And yeah, I, I mean, I think my brother and I stopped getting into physical scuffles maybe when we became parents because like then your kids do it for you I don't know you're too busy breaking up other people's fights to get in your own fights but that we definitely kept that into adulthood and it's just physical scuffles it's just the way the siblings are and she's you know slapping and noogies and like oh god and so right see ours in my family dynamic that I relate to of the Roy's is the biting sarcasm and just the inability to actually speak to each other that kindly yes. ever or if oh, it we is have that it's too. like rare moments yeah it's like rare moments where people are like wait oh shit you're being serious like like I forget like whenever Kendall the time Kendall told Roman yeah. like he did a good job or something he yeah. was like oh oh shit like you're actually where's the punchline so that's what and I he's mean. like no I meant it yeah that uh, is the arc that they're showing us I mean and maybe yes. those all of those things still existed before and maybe they're still going to get into a little physical scuffles but but what they're showing us on the show is this really pre-verbal way of communicating yes up yes. to true moments of yeah. of solidarity and hugs and you know it's on all on the yacht yeah. when they're like kind of laying together on those or cushions or before her and... wedding when she calls yes. everybody in and I yeah. don't know they have more of those moments and it is the the dynamic between the siblings is maturing and growing yes it is the way it is. the people are too so 
Yes, I, I like that. I love that. That is. It's like you're all a bunch of assholes, but you're my assholes, yeah. you know. So like, and you're I just my, feel like we don't see that. This is where I'm saying it's a real family saga drama. This yes. the show is it, it, the fact that the sibling dynamic has its own arc is where. I mean, maybe on shows like Brothers and Sisters a long time ago, and maybe ones that are really about siblings. This isn't a show about siblings, but it has a real uh, arc for for their dynamic and for their growth. And that the fact that they're moving on all of these levels is just what makes the show, I mean, one of the best I've ever, ever, ever watched. So, yeah. Yeah. It's got it all. Yeah. What else? Well, were there any scenes that you didn't, that we haven't talked about that based on the characters? I guess that, is there any ones that, I mean, a lot have jumped out and we've yeah. worked in. I but. mean, I'm, I'm, I know I said it before, but I think the best hour of television I've ever watched was season one, episode six, when the vote. But if there's a second best hour, it is the hunting episode when they're in Prague. AKA bore on the floor. I mean, I <laughs> love the psychological fuckery. Yes, that the happens. fuckery exactly. That exactly. Happens in that Again, episode. to your point of this being the thing that you love most being the psychology, that is nowhere more evident than bore on the floor. And I love it's fucking crazy. In more amateur hands, I see that happening. The play acting version is Tom. Tom with the footstool, right? That's Tom's like, yes. I know how to be a Wall Street he-man. This is what we do. <laughs> yes. I, we go out and yes. we drink a lot of whiskey and we get tables and bottles. And that is amateur hour play acting he-man. And yes. Logan yes. Roy just is. And so this is at the table. Phones out of the room. Get on the floor. Eat the sausage. Yes. Make piggy noises. Holy shit. It's just... Yes. I was someone called it like Guantanamo level act of humiliation and it really yeah. is like there's humiliating someone and then there's this Next. which is like you said just total fuckery that is so right this was yeah. true psychological damage yeah yes yes uh, oh, and I enjoyed episode. watching it knowing it was all fake I enjoyed watching it very much <laughs> Right, right. No, I love that one. That that one's, I mean, I think legendary at this point. I was telling you before my husband kept going, did you get to bore on the floor? And I'm like, I don't think there's an episode called bore on the floor, but that's because that's what, just what people know of it. Yeah. I, I mean, how many times this. does he say it? Shout it. Oh, I, scream it. I know. Yeah. His voice too. Yeah. Oh my oh, God. That so booming, good. commanding voice. So, so perfectly cast. I love the safe room episode too. And mm -hmm. I know, you know, we've talked about it a little bit, but there's so much. First of all, just the the fact that Tom's in the wrong safe room. I just, <laughs> he's like, no, I'm in the safe room. It's like, no, Siobhan's like, uh, no, we're in the safe room. And you see them in that like luxury palace safe room. And he's just like in like a fucking Like that has like literal room. like steel walls, like a like an actual safe. Right. And he is in an yeah. interior office space with a right. security guard that is not a and safe like, room exactly and like greg's just trying to like tell him that he wants you know a new job and that you know and he's like are you breaking up with me mm. i mean are you breaking up with me mm -hmm. uh, and then starts pelting him with the water bottles yeah. i mean i thought that part of the of that episode was so funny but then there's also like kendall and shiv have a moment in that like kind of to your point of the the sibling 
arc where Kendall, you know, she's like, because they've all been asking, like, what the fuck does dad have on you? Or are you like, why are you this zombie like lackey for him? And and he doesn't tell her, but he does say like, you know, it ain't going to be me. And like, he's like crying and they like hug. And she's like, if you ever need to talk. And it yeah. was like a rare moment mm-hmm. for them in that in that episode. And then. You know, we've talked about the Roman and Jerry masturbate or him, you know, his ability to masturbate to her yelling at him. And that that first happens in in the safe room episode when she calls him a disgusting little pig and a revolting little worm. And Mm -hmm. so I I, I liked that episode. I felt like there was that was chock full. It was um, chock full of good (laughs) TV stuff. If we still had a cringiest scene. Mm-hmm. If we still did that, yeah. like cringiest, it, I got to mention Kendall's rapping, the OG, <laughs> L to the OG. I can't, I watched that again. I did. Mm-hmm. I watched a clip on YouTube yesterday because I was like, I got to listen to that again. And I actually have the words here, but I won't read them. But it is, I mean, bitches be catty, but the king's my daddy. I can't rock all the haters while you go roll a fatty. I mean, the whole thing was so cringy. Mm-hmm. That I, I, I was just, I, I, I know, but that's what I mean. We've said the cringiest is sometimes the best. Yeah. I mean, so I mean, I, I just I, thought I, it I, was Kendall being himself for once. Yes. For once. And, which is kind of dorky, but kind of endearing. And so I had to mention that scene because yeah. I just thought L to the OG. I mean. And very unexpected too. I think that's why I liked it too. In this show, I'm like, wait, he's rapping? What is happening? Well, unexpected, I mean, it was very in line with his character. Yes, but I mean, I guess I just never predicted that he would just start rapping in the middle of that party. But anyway, it was great. Yeah, not so great was when Logan brings him to the house. I mean, it didn't quite dawn on me until Naomi said, your father only likes you broken but when she said it like the whole season came like flashing back to me and the worst of it was when he brought him back to the 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 parents house of the the family's house of the man that he, that he killed in the car with him when they went mm. into the water and he wouldn't let him I mean, you know Logan's such a mind fuck all the time and he says Oh, don't sit in the car like a dog. Meanwhile, he brings him in and keeps him out of the room. And treats him like a dog. And and makes him sit there, yeah, like a dog or a child. Like it, it is traumatizing for him to have to sit in that person's house. And I'm not saying he doesn't I'm it could under different circumstances, it could have been cathartic and important. But in not in this case, the way he was brought in, led by the nose told you don't have to sit in the car like a dog but then sit in the kitchen like a dog like in time out or something yeah, yeah exactly and have to be assaulted on all your senses of what you've done and also we don't know Kendall hasn't shown any actual remorse but the truth is he really wouldn't be allowed to even if he did even if he wanted to make amends and do the right thing by this family who's been devastated and lost their child for really no reason other than Kendall's, you know, entitlement and, and you know, wealth and privilege is really the only reason he's dead. 
he couldn't make amends even if he wanted to. And so because his father wouldn't allow it, his father wouldn't allow it. And so it was devastating. It was really devastating. Yeah. But that's why I was so surprised in season three opening episode when Greg makes that comment about how he feels like OJ, like the juice is loose and they're in the black car uh, driving away from the press conference. And, and he said something like, but you didn't kill anyone. And Kendall goes, how do you know I haven't killed anyone? Mm-hmm. And I'm like, whoa, whoa. And I know, obviously, Greg takes it as a joke. Right. But it's like, shit, Kendall, we're, we're going there? I mean, yeah. I'm not sure we're making jokes about that now. Yeah. I don't. Yeah. That's so the, yeah. not the right Ugh. way to do it if you want to. No. If you want to no. get. But I, I mean, if, a, a secret like that will will eat anyone eat, from yes, inside. It is. And so mm-hmm. it is a poison, but it is how he 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 obviously doesn't know how to deal with it and and he's gonna have to figure out some way to to get some actual healing and closure around that yes um, yes since we're back in england we ha- i can't i can't not talk about the mother oh yeah i mean oh god the scene where kendall tries to talk to her oh that was devastating but even before that when she cooks oh. dinner for shiv and roman she yeah. cooks first of all they brilliant 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 writing she could have bought food right she could have had mm-hmm. caterer yeah that she's sure. plenty of money she could have done that she could have cooked on her own maybe she likes to who knows mm-hmm. she could have cooked badly she could have done so many things what did they do they had her serve pigeon or fa- some fowl pigeon they said with the feathers and shot still in it (laughs) which is to say don't just like don't mind the feathers (laughs) don't fucking come here don't look for me and my my love and my my maternal anything this is no this is what i'm I'm gonna serve you food that is actually dangerous (laughs) yeah Mm mm-hmm mm-hmm yeah so there's that and then there's Kendall trying to talk to her I mean just that's why I'm saying they're fought from both sides I mean really these people you're just like god you can't even go to mom yeah for at all no no and it broke my heart when Kendall tried to talk to her yeah see that's the thing and then was gone yeah it to me the heartbreaking part is actually the the person not being able to get what they need and it doesn't seem on the surface that Shiv or well Roman to some extent need something from their mother as much as Kendall does certainly Kendall does more than anyone and he can't get it and he tries and he wanted to to talk to her and wanted to unload I mean we are seeing this now repeatedly uh, that death and that accident is is certainly going to come back whether it's season three season four whatever it is but it's going to come back for the Kendall's going to have to face it in some way shape or form He's got to get it, exercise it from himself. And he tried to talk to his mom and she was like, oh, it's, it's late. If we're going to have a serious discussion, yeah, can we do it in the morning? morning? And then in the morning, she just writes a note and says, oh, you know, bye. Like, yeah, see, your, bye. see yourselves out. I won't be back. But who, she's not doing anything. I don't know what she's doing. Or, I don't know. Or the bargain she made. I mean, how incredibly cruel was that? She was like, I want some, all I want to get, to vote Logan's way is to take something from him that matters. And 
that is either his most precious house or time with the kids. She doesn't even care. Like I guarantee they never go there for Christmas. She just wants to say, which one are you more willing to give up? Your precious house or your precious kids? And he was willing to give up his precious kids for Christmas every year. Mm-hmm. And that's yep. devastating. I was just a cruel so that she they can get it from both sides again. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Ugh. he has it too. Logan. Because yeah. the, the mommy issues. We don't know his mother or, or anything right, really about her. But mm-hmm. we know that he was when after, I think it's just in this season three, episode one, when Kendall turns on him in this way, he they ask him, how is he after he gets off the helicopter? And he's like, muttering a lot about his mother yeah which is like never good (laughs) no never good oh that was also when cruel when kendall's told holly hunter's character right um to mention the the mother and the sister so there's a lot of family shit multi-generational family drama going on and i can't get enough of it for sure there oh i love it so i mean we're we're getting into Season three here, we've talked about we're sort of where we're at. I know that we're going to have some guest appearances. Adrian Brody, Alexander Skarsgård is going to be in it. We've got the new PR women. We've got the the lawyer, Lisa Arthur. So it's going to, we're going to see. I don't know where it's, what, what's, what's going to happen, but I'm excited. I know. I'm so excited. There's I'm a... so glad we're on the succession bandwagon. Finally, I know. I yes. Can't. Yeah, and yes. and Naomi, we'll see. Naomi, I, yes, and I Naomi. Mo- it's as funny as I've much I've talked about the family saga part of it. I am most interested to see where Kendall and Naomi and Tom and Shiv, and Shiv. go mm-hmm. and how that goes. Yes, and I, I'm sure we'll talk about it in for future episodes. But you can't make a Tomlet without cracking some Gregs. I love it. Talk about Roman is not the only one with some one-liners. This has been Pop Fiction Women with Corinne and Kate. If you enjoyed this show, please tell the complicated women in your life. And the men who love them. Yes, tell them to listen. And then to follow on Spotify or review and subscribe on Apple Podcasts. And of course, share on social media. Tag us with your favorite books, TV shows and movies starring complicated women on Facebook and Instagram at Pop Fiction Women or on Twitter at Pop underscore women. For more coverage of the women you love or to find out if you qualify as a complicated woman, go to popfictionwomen.com. And keep it complicated.